0: Hello, I'm Karina Jane, and welcome to The Real Womanhood Life, a podcast of real and raw conversations with women chatting about the ups and downs of life and finding the beauty within it all. Hello and welcome to episode four. Doo, doo, doo. So excited. Um, Yeah, I um, just like I said, like blown away um, with all of the like support. Uh, I've had like over 150 downloads for my first three episodes and I'm just like, what? That is so crazy. And it's so cool. And yeah, I'm just loving this journey. So today we're going to dive right back in and uh, begin part two of um, the journey of the diagnosis and, uh, you know, the recovery, etc. So um I finished off my last episode um talking about how Jared had decided that he would start his own business and it happened really quickly so at the time Jared was working for my family and he wanted to go back to being a mechanic and I was like yeah cool that's fine um his family supported us financially to get um him off the ground which so grateful for um But it was a lot. Like it was a big investment. It's, you know, having to run your own accounts, going from like a weekly wage to invoicing clients. Like just, it was just a lot. And um, I don't think, well, I definitely wasn't in the right space mentally to be dealing with that kind of stuff. Um, And so, He'd come home from working away for a couple of weeks and it was a Sunday night and I was due to fly to Perth the next morning to meet my brother who was flying over from Melbourne. So this is like pre-COVID. My like literally this was the week before COVID. So my brother flew over from Melbourne. I flew to Perth and we were going to catch up with our um, bookkeeper to sort out some financial stuff. And then I had a checkup with my doctor and psychologist. So that was like bookkeeping on Monday and then psychologist, psychiatrist appointments on the Tuesday. So on the Sunday night, um, you know, this is like two weeks after I miscarried Jared starting a new business. He wasn't working for the family anymore. I'm trying to like, you know, I'd only been home from hospital for three months Things were like pretty intense, and um, our eldest has anxiety like really bad anxiety. He was undiagnosed at the time, but I remember I was laying on my bed. And so, when I'm feeling unwell, I will go and hide in bed. Um, I don't hide anymore, I just go and chill out, which is really lovely. But yeah, I was hiding in bed, and something had happened, triggered Graydon. Graydon was having a meltdown panic attack, and he was like, saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I'm laying there. And when you're in a emotional state of, um, like when you're just in that horrid, dark place, right. You know, sometimes you just get stuck. Like you just feel like you're frozen in time and you can't do anything. And he's like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I just remember like getting up, snapping at Jared being like, why the f- haven't you given him his puffers? I lost my shit. I picked up Graydon's entire medicine bag and threw it. Um, and I left the house. I just left. I had no shoes on. I didn't take my phone. It was about 5 o'clock at night and I just walked. And for those that know me, my pet hate is people not wearing shoes. Like I don't like it um, probably because that was ingrained in me growing up with my mum was always like, make sure you wear shoes. And my grandma was like, make sure you wear shoes. And, you know, back in those times. Um, and so I walked from my house um, for about 6Ks, no shoes, no no, no jumper, like nothing. And I remember walking from here and I walked past the school where my kids were going and, you know, at that time it was a really, you know, like I had a friend that was at the school at that time. So, like, I was walking past the school like, and I could have gone to them and sat with them and tried to, like, calm down and I just kept going and then I walked over this bridge and I was like, you know, like I seriously thought about just jumping and I kept going. And then I walked down past the like port authority and I ended up on the beach and I sat there and I was just like, I'm just, I'm just going to stay here. And I sat there for a while. Like I remember it was starting to get dark. And I thought, I don't know. I don't even know what I was thinking at the time. Like I just was so out of it. So I started walking probably a bit closer to home and I walked past one, like I walked past three different friends' houses and each time I wanted to go and ask for help, but I couldn't. I physically couldn't. I was so just in this state, like just this completely dissociated wasn't in my body. Like my body was moving. I wasn't aware, you know, like I just wasn't, I wasn't me. I wasn't myself. And I knew Jared would be worried. Um, I didn't know if he'd spoken to anyone else or anything like that. And um, I thought I'll just start walking home. And then I was so afraid of people seeing me. So I was kind of like walking through all these like back streets and I was just so afraid of being seen in this state that I couldn't walk like to get back to my house from being in town. You have to walk over this major road. And I was just like, I just didn't want to be seen. So I ended up walking to my mother-in-law's place and I, oh my gosh, the kids, how funny is this? Every time I record a podcast, the kids are like, in my space. <laughs> um, and they're not even in the house. They're down at a friend's house. And they're like video messaging me on Facebook. How hilarious. Um, so uh, yeah, I just didn't want to be seen. So I actually ended up walking to my mother-in-law's house and her house is like gated. So you've got to like press the gate to get in and blah, blah, blah. And I, I stood there and I really didn't want to. Like my mother and Laura and I haven't had the best of relationships. Um, we get on really, really well. But, you know, sometimes things are just a bit tricky emotionally. Um, and it was kind of like the last place that I wanted to be. But I just knew that it was going to be the easiest for me and so like i pushed the button and she answered and i she was i was just like can you please take me home and i could hear my kids in her house so i hadn't seen my kids or my kids hadn't seen me since i had lost my shit thrown stuff across the house and walked out and so i ended up um she said, what do you, what do you need, doll? Like, what do you need? I've got you. I didn't go into the house. I didn't see the kids. I just said, can you just take me home? And so she rang Jared and told him that, he, that she had me and she drove me home. And I remember just coming home and Jared was trying to talk to me. And I just was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to like, you're all just better off without me. Um, my life, like your lives would be easier without me. And, you know, he's like sitting there, like crying at me going like, Karina, this is not like, I love you. I want to be with you. I want you here. I want this and blah, blah, blah. But I was just in this state where it didn't matter what anyone said. I just couldn't hear it yet. Like, let alone feel what they were trying to say to me. Like I just was not present. And, um, You know, thankfully, like, we knew that I had to go to Perth and I was seeing my doctors and stuff like that. So I didn't see my kids. And so I flew to Perth next morning. And after you've had a breakdown like this, um, it really shakes you, like, it takes a while for you to come back to yourself. And so I went and did all the things with my brother. I don't really remember the things that we did. I know the places that we were going. Um, he was driving, thankfully, but like, I was kind of just like doing the things, but I wasn't present. And, um, on the Tuesday when, um, we saw my psychologist first, um, my, I, um, oh gosh, it just like, it's just not flashbacks for me right now, but it's just really intense having to go back through all of this stuff. But, I suppose like at the end of the day, I really just want to share it because I want other people to know that it, that if you're really struggling and you're going through stuff like this, that I get it and I feel you and I hear you and, you know, you can get through this um, because it is possible. Like, and you are so loved and, um, I think at the time I just wanted people to say to me, like, like I've got your back, but I was so busy having everyone else's back that I didn't even have my own back. Like I had no faith in myself. Um, Yeah. So when I went and saw my, so I had to see my psychologist first. So she does like the counseling stuff before I saw my psychiatrist who does the medication and the diagnosis. And so I saw the psychologist and she's like, so what's been going on and told her about the miscarriage. I told her that I'd been walking, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, look, I don't really feel like you're in a safe state. You can't really make decisions for yourself at the moment because you're just so not, you're just not present. Um, you're not safe, and I was just like, "Yeah, okay, fair." But like, what do you want? Like, what do you want me to do with that? Um, and she said, "You know, see a psycho, see a psychiatrist, and like, let's see what happens." And so, I went and saw my psychiatrist, and just completely broke down. And she's like, "Karina, you can't go home. You, I, we need to. You like the best thing for you right now is to be back in hospital, and." Again, being like completely out of it and just not aware of what's really going on around me, I just said to my doctor, I was like, I just need a few minutes. Like, can I go and call my mum? And I've like rung my mum and I was just so upset. And I was like, Mom, I have to stay. I can't leave, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, babe, like whatever we need to do, like it's fine, I've got you. And she's, like, run my sister who thankfully at the time literally worked, like, five minutes from my doctors. And um, my poor brother, like, so my sisters come to me because they were, like, you know, it's just not safe. You're not safe on your own. Like, you need to be with people. And um, it was just I just remember the emotions from them. Like, it was so intense. And so my sister's come to me, which was just so amazing. And I'm so grateful for that. My poor brother, he's come back. He'd gone to go get my jacket. Um, that We'd left at the bookkeepers the day before and he's come back and he's like, dude, what's going on? And everyone was just like, yeah. My family, I'm so grateful for my family. I'm so grateful for my friends. So pretty much from Tuesday, I had Wednesday Um I woke up Wednesday morning. I was readmitted back into hospital, and it took me it took me a few days to really come back to me. Um, it was yeah. It's a, it's a really it's so hard to explain to someone who may not have experienced before. And then I'd kind of settled. Everything was going okay, and then no shit. Like, so I said to my doctor, I was like, I'm not going to go to group sessions. I hate group sessions. I'm not going to go and sit there with these little teeny bopper girls that have just come out of uni, just finished their occupational therapy degrees. And they're going to sit there and try and tell me how to like fix my life because I've done it before. I've listened to this shit before and my life is still not great. And I said, I'll go and do psychology sessions. And she's like, that's cool. And she said, you know, you can actually like leave in the mornings, go for a walk just, you know, like whatever you need, if you need to go, like, that's totally fine. But this is where like, you know, you've got to be at the hospital mornings, evenings, et cetera. So I was really grateful for that. And then you wouldn't fucking believe what happened COVID. So I checked in on the Wednesday. Oh yeah. On the Wednesday, when I checked in, my husband rings and he goes, our house has been broken into some asshole stole, like, so all of my jewelry that I wasn't it, like the only jewelry that I had when I got home was the jewelry jewelry that I was wearing when I left. Um, so they went through and like smashed windows and did all this shit and it was fucking hard. Um, but yeah, so that happened on the Wednesday. And then on the Sunday, um, people were starting to talk more and more about COVID and we were like, Oh, that's really weird. Anyway, by Monday morning, um, I was supposed to go with my dad that morning because my pop had passed away the year earlier, like the March prior, and um, my dad and his sisters were going to fly to New South Wales to go and um, scatter my pop's ashes. And So on the Monday, we were going to go to my grandma's church and I don't don't know, I think it's like the increment or something. Like anyway, they were putting some of his ashes into the earth of the church. And so I was going to do that. And so I was saying to the nurses, look, I need leave, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you can leave. Um, But we don't know what's happening. So I had to leave before lunchtime because when I came back at lunchtime, the hospital was on lockdown. That was it. So I had gone from being able to have this freedom throughout the days to go and do as needed. And then it was like lockdown. We were only allowed to leave between like 4 and 6 p.m. And we weren't allowed visitors and it was just shit. It was absolutely shit. So imagine being like pulled away from your family, allowed some freedom, but then also not allowed to go and do anything else. Like it was literally locked in four walls and it was horrid. Um, But that's, you know, I think I'm actually really grateful for COVID in that sense because what happened was – very quickly with work, um, we had to work out what was going on with the shop, like what we could and couldn't do um, with the state lockdown, etc. cetera, and um, that kind of like brought me back because I was like, okay, I've got, I wasn't like, I feel like I want to say in that like the Grinch, I wasn't wallowing in self-pity. Um, I kind of, you know, got my shit together and was able to focus on that um but it kind of got to the point like one morning where um I really wanted to come home when I was in hospital weekends were really hard really really hard um that was when like I've had enough I want to come home and of course I'd be trying to sort out medication and I wasn't allowed to come home just yet so I came home um this Sunday morning I remember like one of the guys going oh it sounds like such and such has got a temperature and whatnot. And I was like, "Fuck, oh, crap, I want to get out of here so bad. Um, and I rang my husband. I'm like, Jared, I want to come home. Like, I want to discharge myself and come home. And he's like, you can't. Like, no, you're not. And so I did what all good wives do. I rang my mom. <laughs> I'm like, mom, I want to do this. And you can't judge me because you do this all the time. And she's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I'm discharging myself from hospital and I'm coming home. And she goes, "But." you and I was like you can't tell me I can't and so then she rang Jared and was like look she's coming home this is what we're going to do and I was like thankfully because the next day is when they shut the regional borders down and I wouldn't have been able to come home so God works in mysterious ways and um, I remember flying home that night like that day and I my little brother was in boarding school and so we've both flown back to Esperance and I was literally like The most insane thing, like now that we've been in COVID for like nearly two years, going to the airport and seeing people in masks and no one at the airport, et cetera, um, it's kind of normal, but that was like the first time that we'd seen people like wearing masks. There was no one at the airport. It was like a deserted island. Um, It was absolutely crazy. But we came home and I got on with life and we just kept doing things. And everything was really good. But what had happened was I never took the time to actually recover and process what had happened back in March because I'd had like three days in hospital and then COVID hit. And then it was like I was back on, you know, but I wasn't being me. So um, I'm going to leave that here um, because. Part three of this is going to be um, about my third time in hospital, which happened in the December. So, being like for me, so um, like highly stimulated um, with my anxiety and stuff like that, like hyper aware. Um, I get to this state where I can push myself and push myself and push myself. And then I fall in a massive hole. And so I had basically spent from March through till November, December, getting like smashing out the shop. We were like doing like amazing improvements with, you know, putting new things in and the shop was doing amazing. Um you know, meanwhile, Jared's like trying to do his own business stuff. It's harvest, like everything was just, it was absolute shit house. And then, um, I rang my doctor for like a checkup and she asked me these, like, kind of like your doctors have a really good way of asking like the right question to almost in a sense, like trigger you to kind of see how on edge you were. And, um, I'd seen my GP and he's like, "Oh, I don't really like, where you're sitting like on, so they do this like K10 thing. It's like, I don't really like where you're sitting on this. Um, let's check with your psychiatrist, checked with my psychiatrist and they're like, you need to come back to hospital and we need to sort out your medication. And I was like, are you kidding me? I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't doing all this stuff. So yeah, we'll chat about that in the next episode. Um, but You know, this is life and I suppose I wanted to share a couple of really cool things that have happened in the last 12 months because being in hospital like last week, so five days ago, it was my one-year anniversary of being home, being home for 12 whole months with coming off of two out of my three medications, working, launching my business, doing my NLP training, Like all of these really amazing things have happened in this last 12 months. And so I know that all of the heaviness, like all of that crap that I'd gone through was everything that I needed to get me here. And that's what I mean. Like there is like so many things that you can learn from the darkness that allows you to see the light and feel gratitude and all of that kind of stuff. Like it's just hold on. That's, I'm just like, just for if you're out there and you're struggling, just hold on, like hold on and find someone who will listen, someone who will, you know, be there for you. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there. So dudes, episode four, holy moly. Um, It was a bit of an emotional ride to go back through there, but I'm really glad that I've done it. Um, That story's out there now. Um, And, yeah, I cannot wait to share episode five with you. So we're off on um, holidays next week. So I may or may not record an episode while we're away. Um, But, yeah, I cannot. I'm just so excited to share. So have an amazing Christmas and I will speak to you soon. Guys, thanks so much for tuning into today's episode of the Real Womanhood Life podcast honestly, I've said it so many times. I just love having you here. I love having these conversations. And if you love listening, make sure you leave a review, uh, share my podcast in your socials. You can find me on Instagram at withlove.carinajane. I am just yeah in awe of this amazing community and all of the support and love that you've given me. So till next time.